0: The reason people go apart is not because they're bad. They're going apart because they don't feel loved. They don't feel valued. They don't feel powerful. And they don't feel the connection. And when human beings don't get their needs met, they go apart.
1: This is Susan Chestnut of the Chestnut Law Firm. This is my podcast from foster care to family law, a child welfare focus. I was raised in the foster care system, I was a child abuse investigator for the Department of Children and Families, and now I'm an attorney practicing family law where my passion is to focus on the best interests for the children involved. In my podcast, I will be meeting with industry experts exploring the seemingly impossible scenarios that families often struggle to manage. Each episode will include insights and concepts from professionals that deal with these issues every day. Hi, I'm here with Sue Dockerell, she's a parenting expert. She has LifeWorks parenting tools, and you can find her at the FloridaDivorceParentingClass.com. Sue, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more?
0: Thank you for having me on the show, You're welcome. Sue. My name is Sue Dockerell. I've been helping families for over 25 years, and uh, it's an opportunity to really connect with a lot of people and a lot of children. I've worked with toddlers to teenagers, to adults, kids of divorce and the common thread there is I always ask kids, what would you like me to tell other parents that would make your life easier? And so from just a simple question like that, I have tons of background in what the parents are experiencing and what the kids are experiencing are two very different things and yet they're both going through loss and how we go through loss, how we get there. It's easy to lose sight. And I, I first, I want to acknowledge all the parents out there that are going apart because they're standing for something, but it takes a very courageous, brave and strong person to completely start over again. And when you have a child. You can't just pick up and go to Paris. You've got to have a home and you've got to have pictures on the wall and you've got to have bedspreads. And you have to have all these things that a lot of times people overlook because really when you have a child, your job is to create a home. Mm -hmm. And that home, as we know, costs a lot of money. And I get hung up sometimes when I hear people arguing about child support. And I, I just look at it. It, it's almost it, it's crazy because the amount of money that it takes to raise a child and keep them in a home and a structure today with computers and all of the extra things, I can't imagine a child's Christmas list this year you ah. know, because with all of the electronics and the gadgets, they're so expensive. Yeah. And we know what how many phones kids go through. And some people don't have the insurance. And so there goes a $600 phone or a 700 or what are they now? 1000.
1: They're definitely grand theft. I I practice criminal too. And oh, in family law there's a lot of that goes back and forth. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about and you are talking about our role as parents and With everything that's going on in America right now, specifically with the election and then with COVID and then the results of COVID is leading to an increase in divorce, let's talk about how children are being affected by those things.
0: You can't turn on the news without, depending whether you're on Fox or you're on the other stations, it's like you're getting completely different view of the world. Right, And I think it's very confusing for kids, especially like little stupid things. Like recently someone told me that her mom lost her best friend because uh, of who that she's voting for And, and it's like kids are looking at, wow, how can someone lose a friend because they have different views? And again, I'm talking about loss. So when there's loss, we all go through a grieving process. And I see children going through a grieving process. They don't know what to hold on to. And it's tough for them because we're not being the kind of models that they need. They're actually seeing a lot of bullying behavior and they're, but if you get hurt, you hurt them back. That we were moving away from that kind of genre because of instead of hurting people back, we actually could value what other people say and really understand them because in the end, we're all talking the same language. Everybody wants better schools. Everybody wants our children to be safe. We want our country to be safe. And so it's sad to see that we're not being united on these things that we all have in common. We're being extremely divided. And it's happening on both sides politically. So I'm not pointing fingers here. It's It really is happening where family members are not speaking to one another. And people are doing some very hurtful things out there. And kids are looking at us. It's almost come on, mom, come on, dad, this is our life too. And they don't really get a say so they're just following in the footsteps. And I hope we hit on modeling because children need to learn how to accept different people's opinions and be able to listen. to understand and most importantly communication it's not about getting your point across it's really about making someone else feel understood Mm -hmm. yeah and once we do that we have bridged we've created a bridge with someone so if my advice to everybody during this political strong time it's like really fine-tune your communication skills with just make people feel understood and if our kids could just see that and learn that skill that regardless of how other people feel imagine mom and dad they're divorced they're fighting and instead of hearing that you hurt me i hurt you back you're actually listening to dad say okay i understand how you could feel that way and i would probably feel the same way if that happened to me And this is how I feel. And I'm sorry, it's not the same way you feel. But the solution is we're going apart. Mm -hmm. And that is the solution. And it should be the end of it. Now we get back to parenting. So you're going to be parenting from this home. I'm going to be parenting from this home. And research shows that parents who get along have effective parenting tools, and have a bond with their child, those kids come out of divorce really very resilient. And so it's not the divorce that's hurting children. It's our inability to connect with those kids to where we're making them feel understood. I call it responsible love, when you can hold on to it with unconditional love. I know I'm being a little bit out there when I say what if moms and dads could go apart and still have this unconditional love where you hold on to that, not for the person, but for your child, no matter what, you still love that other parent because your child's soul and heart are tangled in between the two of you. And children can't understand. Just imagine. (laughs) If someone was hating your biological mom so bad that it scared you, it scared you to be with them Mm. and vice versa. And then parents go, oh, I don't ever put my kid in the middle. If you're not communicating with each other, I got news for you. You're putting your kid in the middle.
1: And that happens a lot. So you're bringing me back to something you mentioned. I want to touch back on what you said about modeling, because I feel like, That's a leadership issue. And then when you when we're talking about our specific circumstances in our country right now, I can tell you as a 40 year old, I've never been through some of what I'm experiencing right now. And so as a parent, if you don't know how if you don't have the life skills yourself to have as a framework, how do you help parents learn how to model appropriately? I know you have a co-parenting course.
0: Yeah, in Co-Parenting 101, I actually get the parents both on the same call for four different sessions. I pretty much babysit every communication they have, so I'm on every email and text. Oh, wow. And what I'm doing is I'm pretty much monitoring their behavior and just twinking them as they go. Just And really, when you're being effective, because you get different results. and. If you continue to just throw the flame, the the wood on the fire, it's just going to get bigger. And what I show parents is how to like, to really listen to each other. You don't have to agree. You didn't agree before you got divorced. You're not going to agree after. Some of those kind of arguments that caused you to go apart, you've got to let go of. But see, unfortunately, people like to store up the evidence of why they left this other person or why they're divorcing. And they just keep bringing that up. It's almost like we want everyone in the world to know that it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. And so what children are learning is the same thing. It's not my fault. They're actually lying. It's a protection behavior. We learn when we're children that when we misbehave, we're going to get into trouble and. Loving parents don't mean to give their children the message, I hate you. But every time we use anger to discipline children, the message is, you don't love me. Explain that. You cannot be angry with someone and express love at the same time. It's impossible.
1: Go into that some more, because I think I don't understand the depth of what you're saying, and I would like to.
0: Unfortunately, it's just, we've been, had this ingrained in us. I mean, go back to slavery. It's like people were whipped and beaten out of submission and fear. It was put into us to actually protect us, to keep us safe. God forbid you should do, look in the eyes of of someone and and be disrespectful because you could become hurt. So unfortunately still in our parental practices, there's a lot of whipping and beating and, and submission and. It doesn't prepare you. Most kids learn to lie. They learn to lie to protect themselves. And this lying behavior is something that we grow up, then we get married, and what do we do? We don't want to get in trouble, so we lie. And instead of actually having a conversation where you could actually feel understood and find out what's behind this, but so often, We can't talk about our our insecurities or our problems and in with marriages, especially you look at even sex. But some people are more sexual than others and they have more sexual needs. And now with the internet and pornography and everything being so readily available and dating services, it's no wonder so many marriages are crashing. because We're not going to each other. For our needs we're going outside the relationship to get our needs met why is that Every single divorce ends for the same reason and when I tell people that they look at me like you're a little crazy you have no idea why we're going apart and I have to get in their face and say yes I do and I've been saying this for years The reason people go apart is not because they're bad. They're going apart because they don't feel loved. They don't feel valued. They don't feel powerful and they don't feel the connection. And when human beings don't get their needs met, they go apart. And kids, that's why I've been teaching parenting classes all these years, because it's hard work. When our children misbehave not to just get angry, that's just a, that's easy. We feel threatened. And so we try to out screen them. We try to out control them. We try to over protect them. All of that is, I call it, it's like imitation love. Huh. It's like, it, it's not unconditional. The only way we're going to teach unconditional love is if we parent our children that way. Imagine a world where no matter what happens to children, they have a soft place to land, they can tell their parents, anything. And their parents would just help them solve the problem by listening to them. Oh, you got a teacher that yelled at you yesterday. Okay. What are you going to do about that? How did that make you feel? Do you feel like that's true? Because a lot of times things happen to us and it's not what happens to us. Why is it some children are so resilient? You can call me fat and I just look at you and say, yeah, whatever. And another kid is completely derailed. It's not what people do to us. It's the story we make up about it. And so we really need to teach children that what's going on with moms and dads, it's not okay. It's not okay that they treat each other that way. They just have unresolved issues that they were never able to really get underneath. Mm -hmm. And we can villainize the other parent and say, oh my gosh, he was on pornography and this is why I divorced him. But what's behind the pornography? How often were you having sex? What's going on with the bigger picture? Were you able to discuss it? Were you able to talk to each other? Mm -hmm. There's just so much going on in the world right now. It's like swipe right, swipe left. It's have a date, break up over the phone. And this is the
1: world our children are living into. Right. So let's talk about what you said about responsible love. And I don't know because I've not, I don't know enough about that. You're the expert here, but how is that? with unconditional love because I I think that there's a responsibility to love unconditionally and I think those two are related but tell me about that
0: let me ask you a question what when I say responsibility what comes up for you duty you got to be responsible what comes up what do you mean what what do you think of what does that mean to be responsible
1: To fulfill your duties is what it means to me. My roles and my duties in my roles is how I view that.
0: And then what happens when you don't fulfill those duties, those responsibilities? Then what?
1: You explain your failures and you find the coping skills and education to change them to become.
0: So you feel like a failure sometimes. Yes. If you don't fulfill your responsibilities, you failed.
1: Well, temporarily, at
0: least. We could shift the paradigm on the word responsible. And what if the word para- the word responsibility actually means to respond to a situation with a solution? Just imagine how proactive we could get right now. But with the media, all we do is we're talking about the virus or we're talking about all these issues that keep coming up. We're just pointing fingers at each other and saying, this person did it wrong. This person did it wrong. This person is looting and rioting. And they've just villainized both parties so badly. Haven't you noticed in the media, we're not talking about solutions. I don't know about you, but I haven't really heard anything out of either candidate that makes me go, wow, I want to do that. Let's put that one into action. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of the campaigning, if you look at the commercials that our children are watching in between all their little shows, show the other side using fear to scare you to vote for them. And fear is not responsible love. Responsible love is realizing that there's an issue and how can we respond to each other in a way that we can create a solution? And Susan, sometimes the solution is we go apart because if your husband being on porn or your wife having an an affair is not, you don't want to live in an open marriage and that's going, you could dive into that a little bit and find out, Hey, what's going on behind that. And would be to get some help and really go, gosh, let's work on this. And the people are so ashamed of their behavior. And think about it. You get caught. What do you do when you get caught as a child? You lie. Deny. <laughs> and you deny. Exactly. And then you just get in more trouble. Right. And that's exactly what's happening to marriages right now. Yeah. So people are just getting caught and they're, they're lying and they're going, everyone's looking for the shiny object. There's got to be something better out there. So um, what
1: motivates us to always be chasing that shining object? Why can't we be satisfied with, and I'm not saying be content to the point that you are, you have no hopes and dreams, but why can't you be satisfied and happy? Why can't you find contentment in things?
0: It goes back to our childhood. It's just a lot of times parents didn't know, not because we're bad, you know, it. I'm learning so much about parenting now really? that I have adult kids. I, I think I, I know more now than I've ever known the whole time. I, I did such a great job with all the redirecting when they were little. And we put the spanking tool aside and we did lots of problem solving. If Kelly and Casey got in a fight. I would self quiet them. They go in separate rooms and, and they could stay there as long as they wanted, or they could come out and have fun and repair their relationship. And we had so many good times, but then as they got older, they got became teenagers. And kids are experimenting with sex. And then there's pornography and there's all kinds of things that our children are confronted with and rebellion and screaming and yelling. And it's easy to, to yell over them. We want to control, but boy, when I'm this unconditional love to be able to Look at your child and say, no matter what, I love you. And mm-hmm. what are you going to do about your problems? And how can I support you? That's powerful.
1: That is powerful. That I is can't
0: powerful. say I've done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really can't say I've done that. came up with all these great redirecting tools. And they do work. And they really kept me sane as a parent. But then there's another level. There's another level of what? My son got busted for marijuana, and he spent six months in jail, and it was very painful for all of us, especially since he's got mental health challenges. And his weed is his medication and his way of feeling normal. Now he's got a psychiatrist he's working with who prescribes him marijuana. It's, <laughs> you know, it. it it's a different world.
1: But look it's, at the stigma, how the stigma between the beginning of that story and the second half of that story completely becomes eradicated once there's a professional intervention. Do you know what yeah. I mean?
0: The stigma changes. He was changes. so afraid of taking prescription drugs. And he heard about all of his friends that got addicted to things like he lost three high school friends to overdosing. Mm-hmm. And he was petrified of those things. Yeah. And he got set up in Martin County where they said, here, will you just find me a one bud of marijuana? <laughs> and he said, mom, I was so stupid. I just wanted to help him. So he found him one bud of marijuana and the guy set him up three times. Ugh. My son has five felonies now. Oh my goodness. But he's also resilient and it's a life experience because looking back on it, I think it's just part of his journey and these kind of experiences might be keeping him alive because his other friends died.
1: And you're bringing me back to the conversation we had before we started recording about how we need to have a a way of coping and be taught those skills. I think that, and I was also telling you earlier that I think as parents that we lie to our children and we let them live in a land where we don't teach them about responsibility. We don't teach them about how our actions affect others and and all of those things and that is lessons that they have to learn i would rather help and encourage my daughter with those lessons than have other people teach them to her i let's talk about the pandemic thing real quick about children in school because my daughter's in middle school and having to wear masks now she's being labeled as disruptive because the kids can't even hear each other talk and they're they're sitting there strapped into their little spots that they're not allowed to move or socialize with their masks on and they it's a completely different environment have you been hearing that from some of your clients yeah
0: it is frustrating but again we got to go back to why are we wearing masks and and the kids were they're so tired of hearing it but a lot of these kids are hearing that it's not real it's fake mm-hmm And so can you imagine what some of the kids are thinking? It's like their parents don't wear masks. Why do I have to wear a mask? And this pandemic has just taken us all by surprise. And it continues to surprise us. Nobody is, it's like when we get hurricanes in Florida, Mm -hmm. you didn't make the hurricane show up. So it's not really your fault when the hurricane hits, but how you prepare for that hurricane can make a difference on whether you survive or not. And I think we really need to go back to why are we wearing masks and get the kids more involved in the solution. Again, back to responsible love. It's I don't know if the kids are giving them, uh, if they're actually giving them the opportunity to share their feelings mm. of how frustrating it is to wear the masks of what they think. Just hearing someone's feelings and making kids feel understood about how frustrating this is without fixing it. So if your child comes home and says, I got in trouble because I did this or that, I don't know about you, but if you got in trouble, Susan, at work because you did something and you came home and you just wanted to let it go, you just wanted to You don't want anyone to fix it. You don't want anyone to yell at you or take your TV away from you. When we have something like that happen to us at school, we want a soft place to land. What if it's just okay? What about the teachers? They're frustrated too. Oh, I can't imagine. how I've spoken to some of them
1: about it. And they're, when I was saying earlier that none of us have ever experienced this teaching in a pandemic,
0: giving your daughter just a little bit of what if we teach responsible what if your daughter could actually have some compassion for that teacher that called her out wow what do you think it's like for that teacher and what can you do next time how can we use this situation and make it better i think kids want power see that's what parents and teachers tend to do is we take children's power away keep going and Redirecting is really about giving children more power. The child that doesn't want to wear their seatbelt and you're struggling to put them in because you're in a hurry, you're going to watch. The more you try to force them, the more they struggle. What if instead of forcing your child into their seat, you actually give them more power and you say, you know what? You're the policeman of the seatbelts in the car. Uh Mom can't even start the car until you tell me it's safe. And you know what? I did that with my kids. And I remember one time I started the car and I didn't have my seatbelt completely buckled. And I got called out on it. So I had to stop the car and buckle it. But you do a few of those and all of a sudden it's, wow. Back to your comment about the pandemic. It's just about how can we give kids more power in their situation that would keep them safe and give them a little bit more flexibility. We know that being outside being six feet apart is a safer spot, but it is what it is. People are still dying and you're, if we had the role modeling that you're courageous, brave and strong when you wear a mask, can you imagine how many of us would be wearing our masks? Mm-hmm, yeah. So we've gotten this, message that if you wear a mask you're somehow weak or watch the bullying with the debates yes oh you got a mask on all the time and and yet we turn the news on and around the world that people are starting to shut down and it is what it is that's again going back to the hurricane analogy you didn't make it happen Mm -hmm. we can prepare for it the kids just need a voice i think And they're very honest. I think our kids,
1: they want honesty from us, don't they? How do you... Let's talk about the fine line because for me, I have trouble with it. I am an overly honest person and my daughter is much more mature than she should be because... I I promise you she could tell you and articulate what the best interest of a child is and probably tell you the 61.13 factors of a parenting plan about what people should consider Good. and fashioning I'm those things. You
0: going to put
1: her on my show. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, she's wise and has an old soul that, and she understands people more than most. I've always been honest with her, but it comes to a certain point where I don't believe that she has the emotional experience to process the things that adults would talk to their children about. And I guess I want to bring it back to what you're talking about between the election and with school. I don't think that they've been given an opportunity to even have any say in how it's all being conducted or have any... They don't, get, they don't even get to explain to the teacher, I wasn't trying to be loud. I can't hear... I, nobody can hear me with my mask on and we're in a group project they just not they're not giving any voice how can we do that how can we do that better I know I need to do it better
0: well I think too just lower the bar a little bit our expectations get so high even the kids expectations get so high and it's kind of sometimes they just have to just be resilient it's yeah my teacher yelled at me because of this happened and I'm okay with it mm-hmm. it's like that person's going to be a whole lot stronger than the person that is derailed, going back to bullying, all those things. Why is it that some kids can get called out and they just laugh and walk by and other kids get called out and they fall apart? I think we have to build some resilience. And, and the way you do that is when your daughter or son comes home, whatever experiences they're going through, make them feel understood. But don't fix them. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, encourage them by asking questions. What did you think about that? What did you make that mean? Yeah. And what did you make that mean about the person that said it or the teacher that said it? It's, Isn't that interesting? It's, wow, the kid that's being the bully at school, it's, he's the one we need to feel sorry for.
1: That actually happened. There was a child that, and bullying happens all the time, and I don't want to single out anyone, but I did have experience with my daughter where, there was a, and you were an educator, so you will appreciate this. There was a child in a classroom whose mother was incarcerated, and he was being raised by his grandmother. And. No. As a blanket classroom activity, the teacher had everyone in the class write their mother a Mother's Day card and paint and do all these things. And this was a trigger for this child because his mother's in jail. And it's not as if he can actually go give her his handmade Mother's Day card and those type of things. And so he had an emotional reaction to it with my daughter and got physical with her. And while at the same time that I wanted something to happen to that child discipline wise because when you don't have discipline and structure in school you're teaching children that rules don't matter and the other children and you're making them feel unsafe in their environments but at the same time this particular child had a rough home life and I knew because of my expertise in my area of compassion and and my business that this child was going through something that I felt that if the teacher had been a little bit sensitive as to the circumstances to that particular child, that it all could have been avoided.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's good that it's not avoided. Sometimes it's just good that it happens, but we're not trained to know how to handle these things when they happen. When I was a school teacher, I had a kid that was just destroying the classroom. He was really just out of control and his consequence was, I said, Hey, you and me, I don't even think they have recess anymore, but this is back in the day when we had recess. I said, you're with me and he's what, and he threw a little fit I go, no, you're going to walk around with me for a while. And as we walked around, I was like, Hey, what is going on with you? And that's when he told me that his mom was arrested and his dad. And he doesn't know if his grandmother's going to be there when he gets home. And I just said to him, here's what I can tell you for sure. I'm going to be here for you. Mm -hmm. And it was just being that one person that was there for him. And your daughter might start to look at, wow, what if she could be that one person that says, hey, it's okay. When people are mean and angry, it's, wow, you're just hurting inside. Mm -hmm. Take the time to go. I know you don't mean to hurt me, but you must be upset about something. What is it? And to teach children how to do that? We're not modeling it right wrong. now. No, we are we're not really divided. And we're really showing our stuff here with the flags on the grass and we're divided. The media is divided. So it's moms and dads that are getting divorced are divided. And I always tell parents that when we're all divided, it's like a child is jumping out of a plane without a parachute (laughs) because they need to feel the connection. Mm -hmm. They need to feel value. They need to feel like they belong. They need to know that mom and dad, our country, we're all Americans. And yet we're being fed this on both sides of the news i always watch both news stations because i just want to hear what the other side is saying and wow when you start doing that it's no wonder we all feel the way we are we're really getting fed this malarkey that's <laughs> 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 got made fun of for saying on the. Uh, Saturday Night Live, oh, but that's a real word. Malarkey. It's like we really are being fed all this stuff. That's you know the Democrats are the terrorists and the Trumps are the rednecks that are gonna get their guns out and start firing. It's wow, we're creating a civil war in our own country.
1: Well, I'm afraid that could be what is happening with all the division. It seems yeah, almost you know intentional.
0: What? We need to just take a deep breath mm-hmm. and hopefully people are watching this podcast or this show and can start to go wow you know what you're right and what could we do for our kids where we just whoa bring it down and start with just your own home instead of using anger to control because parents bully their children.
1: I think so too and I had someone tell me and I love this person dearly and I, I don't mean anything negative by sharing it, but at one time I was told that fear is respect, and I very much disagree with that. I find that to be a bullying-type technique, and I, I, tell me what you how you think about that. Well,
0: think about this. So the child that grows up in the home that is taught that fear is respect, what do you think they're going to do when they grow up, fall in love, get married... And they're in their marriage. How do you think they're going to treat their partner in order to get respect? I don't know. They're going to use fear. And we all know that even victims can only take so much of it. They're going to dominate in their relationship. They will find somebody that they can scare into being good. And unfortunately, that doesn't last very long. Marriages don't last very long. We need to teach unconditional love. And the only way we can teach unconditional love is every time your child makes a mistake, every time your child misbehaves, respond, use responsibility, respond to the situation with a solution. And hopefully it's your child's solution. I always spend a lot of time trying to figure out whose problem is it. A lot of times parents are trying to solve problems that aren't even their problems
1: really like what
0: oh think about it if your daughter had a problem at school is that your problem
1: no because I feel like that's part of her own life experience that she needs but
0: there's a lot of parents are going to run down to the school and they're going to start pointing their fingers I've never been one
1: of those parents and the fun part for me is I try to teach her about your other people's perception of you is not your responsibility although you have a responsibility to be a caring and respectful human you can't control other people's perceptions other people's realities you can do the best that you can like I try to teach her that but so what keeps happening is these adult figures are trying to scare her and they say I'm just going to call your mother and my kid is like that would solve a lot of problems Please. It's not that I excuse her behavior because I tell her that might have seemed a little bit disrespectful, or you probably could have reacted a different way. Maybe your teacher perceived what you said in this manner. It's all about perception. But when you tell my daughter, I threaten her with, I'm going to call your mother, my daughter's like, please call my mother.
0: I- Again. And so it's a different level that, but that's what we're dealing with. A lot of kids today is that, that they're growing up different. There are some parents that are becoming, there's three styles of parenting. There's the autocratic where there's fear, do it or else. And then there's permissive, do whatever you want and you're not going to have any consequences. I am not, when I talk about unconditional love, trust me, there are consequences. If a child's not doing their homework. It's okay. You get to choose whether you're going to do it in your bedroom or at the kitchen table, but it's going to be done before the TV goes on. Mm -hmm. And the consequences are pick up your plate before you leave the table and put it in the dishwasher. If everybody does that, nobody does the dishes. If you forget to do that, then maybe the consequence is that you do the dishes for everybody tomorrow night, because I picked up your plate and I did the dishes for you. And it was really a lot of work for me to have to do all the dishes. Tonight, you're gonna get a chance to experience what it's like if I don't pick up my dish. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're not doing it in a way that's mean, you're doing it in a way that's related, that teaches respect, teaches responsibility, and it's reasonable. And a lot of parents, they really don't have these consequences in their heads. Before the child misbehaves. So you really have to think this through. I had one (laughs) friend of mine, he's a dentist. He was like, Sue, I hate your class. It drives me crazy. I go, why? He goes, Every time my kids misbehave, before I would just scream, react, and yell at them and it would be over. Now I got to stop and think. (laughs) But, and we laughed because I said, The good news is when we react, we got the saber toothed tiger on our back. And what's happening is your brain is being it's that fight or flight button that's triggered and yep. you're just being very primal and we all know a four-year-old can bring down the house so <laughs> it can be like you have a saber-toothed tiger on your back But when you actually start thinking oh gosh I got to come up with a consequence that's going to be teaching responsibility that's going to be reasonable that's going to be related to what I want my child to learn And really what I want my child to learn is that we all have to, if we all do our part, it makes it easy on the household. I grew up pretty traditional, but I also have been working all time, my whole, in my family, but I had the luxury of working at home and being with my kids. I probably worked harder, actually, when I think about it, but... Kids have to learn that in this world, we're a team and, and teamwork is so important. Imagine if the kids were getting that modeled right now, there are some things that Donald Trump's doing that are really good for the country. What if we could take those things? There are some things that were put in place for him that we're working. Why can't we all just look at each other and go, wow, let's try a little bit of that, let's do a bit, okay, healthcare isn't a hundred percent, but let's make it better. But instead we get, so our egos, we're going to call it the Biden plan. We're going to call it the Trump wall. We're going to call it this. It's Oh my goodness. We're getting it from both sides. Right. And our children are not getting to see what adults do when it comes to problem solving. How can we solve the problem of our country being so divided and with divorce on the increase. Because so many families have been like staying at home, husbands and wives are becoming very irritated with each other. A lot of times people don't get that extra break that they needed just to be apart. So we're all on top of each other. The kids are on top of each other. How you discipline your kids is so easy for kids to become competition. I do it this way and I do it this way. My way works and your way doesn't. Women are terrible about dethroning men (laughs) we wonder why they don't help us it's because they don't do anything we feel like we can do it better and probably we can but we now have two roles most women are working outside the home and inside the home so good luck for the woman that wants to keep pushing her husband out because eventually men will just go away they'll let you do everything
1: well and then there's some men though that do a lot of the traditional roles that women used to do because women are as successful mm-hmm. at working and we're becoming much bigger than we used to be and and they've picked up a lot of the marital responsibilities in the household that didn't used to be just that gender specific yep. role. Um, that's, that's good modeling. It is yeah,
0: good role modeling yeah, to that, see. that I mean, is. how do we do this where we're not where everybody's like contributing. And being acknowledged, one of the things that I teach to keep all this together is a family meeting. And Susan, you should do this with your daughter, but just what you're going to do is you're going to have an encouragement feast. So it starts with, what do you love about your daughter? And so you're going to tell her what I love about you is whatever that is. And then she's going to say what she loves about herself. And then it's her turn to say what she loves about you. And then you're going to tell her what you love about yourself. And this is the beginning of it creates an energy that you can, you're solving. Imagine the country. What a (laughs) different way. What we all loved about the other president. It's like, why can't we think of some things that they're doing right? Why can't we acknowledge them for what they're doing? right? You're so right but what what happens now because we're so divided by parties one party's just pulling the other person down and it's oh we're not and it's really crazy because we're not getting focused on the solutions
1: yeah but that's the ego that you were talking about that's all ego right there that's and ego so we
0: really have to just be more conscious of it i think it's all good because when you think about it we're learning and we're a young country And so we're learning. And out of all of this, I think people are going to start to get fed up when the roads don't get rebuilt and and things start crumbling and the bridges aren't getting built and our infrastructure is going down the hill and the people who are making below the minimum wage aren't surviving. And sometimes things have to get really bad before they get better.
1: That's marriage too, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's not talk about what's under the underlying issues, right? You were saying, I always tell parents, take the kid that's struggling. And when you have an encouragement feast, this might be the kid that says, what I love about you, mom is your fat butt. You know, it's (laughs) like the kids (laughs) that are hurting and coming from pain are going to do whatever they can do to sabotage all your best efforts. That's true. And I know because I had a son that was, man, he's been my biggest teacher. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be probably doing what I'm doing. Right? Then I'm thankful I...
1: for him, and we all are <laughs> right now. Tell me about, you said that there were three types of love. You said there was aristocratic. Is that what you said? No. What was
0: Three it? styles of parenting. parenting. Autocratic is Autocratic. my way or the highway. Right. And, and, it, and more of a democracy, a democratic type of parenting is freedom with responsibility. I'm going to let you stay up later because you got yourself to school on time but it's not based on your age as much as it's based on how well you res- you handle your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And if you're not handling your responsibilities, let's respond to the dream morning. How could we get to school on time where I'm not screaming, I'm not nagging you, you get to eat whatever you want. Like really should have fun with your kids. Create your dream morning together. That could be an agenda on a family meeting. So you have your encouragement feast. Then you say, okay, I have a problem, because kids don't have a problem with how the morning goes. The more parents scream at kids, I swear, the kids are just, they're happy, because the more you're out of control, the more they have control over you. (laughs) And I always (laughs) say to parents, can a child make you angry? And they're all like, oh, yeah, okay, they have power over you. Yeah. When you start to respond to the situation with a solution, and you start to look at the crazy morning, and I know I could be a crazy mom. That's the one that just, you just... For some reason, you just keep yelling and and doing it as you're telling them to pick up their clothes, you're going around the house picking up their clothes. It's just crazy mom syndrome. <laughs> Instead, what if you said, hey, help me with my problem because I was screaming at you this morning. I'm nagging you all the time. How could we have a dream morning? Like, I love my cappuccino. I would just like to sit in my chair uh-huh. and drink my coffee and know that we're going to get out the door in an hour and you're going to have all your stuff. So this is what my dream morning would look like. As soon as you do that, your kids start creating their dream morning. I want a waffle. I want bananas. I want a banana waffle with syrup on it. I'm going to put my stuff out the night before so I know how to make it. And I'm going to get up at this time so I have time to watch my show and get dressed and whatever it is their dream morning is. And it's amazing when kids start to own it, all of a sudden there's no reason to nag.
1: That's amazing. What I'm yeah. sitting here, the people listening can't hear me or see me. They can only hear me, but I'm sitting here with my mouth open. That is such a neat concept of a dream morning. I noticed recently that my daughter likes to get up extra early. And give herself all the extra time to get ready so she doesn't feel that pressure. And she picks her clothes out the evening before. And she's got that dream morning plan already.
0: As the other people are listening to you, they're all hating you right now because... That's just not the typical, but I I don't want to burst your bubble, but you have an only child.
1: Well, no, it's not always like that. There are times where I wake her up because she missed her alarm clock and she kicks her feet up and down and kicks the dog when she's kicking her feet. And I'm like, you need to stop acting like you're having a temper tantrum because you missed your alarm clock. Please get up and let's get motivated and let's get going. It's not always like that, but that's how she would prefer her dream morning to be. Okay, so
0: let me explain something about just that. She's an only child, so she is the go right, look right, be right. She's a mini-me adult. She was Mm -hmm. born being an adult. You could take that kid anywhere, and she will blend. There wasn't, but here's what she is going to do. She's going to be very hard on herself. She's going to be hard on other people. She's If things aren't tick-tock, it's going to put her world in a spin. And the best thing you can start doing for her is just let her have that when drew i'm a middle child so i'm kind of like whatever every day it's different i like (laughs) variety but drew my little stepson was five when i married his dad and boy he had to have everything perfect if you didn't give him the perfect pitch he would have a meltdown when he was trying to hit it with the t-ball and in the beginning before i started teaching parenting classes i would just start telling him, I'm not going to play with you if you act this way. If he lost in a game, he would just throw a t- fit. We'd be going to the car and he'd have to get there first before everybody. And his little friends would come over to play. And if if he wasn't the boss, within a few minutes, they'd all be leaving. Huh. And the old me would be like, you can't treat people like that or they just aren't going to want to play with you. But then I shifted oh. and the energy went from Making him wrong to acknowledging him and making him feel understood. So how did you oh, do that? It's so important for you to have things perfect. And just by doing that, things just went and it my relationship with my stepson is phenomenal. The kid he's thirty two now, but we talk almost every day. Aww. And we wouldn't have the relationship that we have if I didn't have the tools because shifting and just making your kid I don't know why I couldn't do it with Casey earlier he definitely gave me more to because he's not the first born because typically Drew was and so This also happens when you've got kids that are farther apart, you end up with two firstborns. And if you have one, that's the go be right, look right kid, which Drew was, how do you compete with that? Hmm. And I can see where a lot of Casey's behavior was like, I can't be like that. So I'm going to be like this. And it's, it's interesting because with firstborns and only children, there is no mediocre. I'm going to be the best or the best at the worst. Does
1: that make sense? What's your birth order? That's a scary, accurate assessment of (laughs) how I feel about most things and how it is to basically have had an only child.
0: Are you a firstborn? I,
1: I was a foster child, so I have always felt like an only child even when I had siblings, I, I still, I feel like I have family, but I have always felt like an individual, like my own, I don't know how to explain it. It's very difficult to explain to someone as a foster child, you feel like you are your own family and then you collect people into your family, but that you don't really have your own where you belong. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but your girlfriends are really important to you. So when you do make a friend, they're a friend for life. Yep, those
1: are the only kinds that I like to make.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, because that's what happens with only children too, is that they typically will hold on to people a little bit harder. And, and But do you catch yourself being hard on yourself? Do you find no. yourself going, why can't the rest of the world get it together if I can do it? <laughs> How come
1: they can't do it? Yeah, of course, a little bit. I, I try to be understanding and realize that we all have different experiences that mold us into completely different people. And I think that's what you've been talking about, the molding by the leading and the role modeling. I yeah. So I, I see our roles in that. Now, what can we do? I Let's talk about what you provide as a service because it's very important what you're doing I know that from firsthand I've been doing family law long enough that I have I've developed a new tactic honestly I can't get anywhere in negotiations half the time with parents who are so far on each opposite Mm -hmm. end of the spectrum so then when I get them in court I ask them would you be willing to do a co-parenting course Oh, you would. And then it gets ordered so that they're having to do the co-parenting course. And I know about it, but tell the listeners what it is, what how you de- develop like your plan and your strategy and just how important it is.
0: Again, it's once you start applying these tools that I have, we were talking about the morning routine. Once people start to, wow, get more focused on, I could do this with my children and actually have a, cl- a tighter bond with them and feel more connected. And I can give my kids and then it's, wow, if I do this with the kids, all these tools apply to life. So think about going to work and you've got somebody at work that you're annoyed with every day. It's you start to understand that this could just be, you can apply these tools in every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And so when I get people I, like the last webinar I did, I had six couples, <laughs> six parents that were divorced on one call. And all I ask is that they show up on the call, that they're present. And we do uh, role playing. I, I have my PowerPoints of my programs. I talk, focus more on the children and it's getting them to realize, wow, this is, and then sometimes I actually talk to their kids. So I get, you know, just from asking them what's working, what's not working. I can talk to the parents in a different way, but my one program that is, you know, co-parenting 101, is four hours. It's the one that everyone has to take. And I really want people to go to LifeWorks Parenting Tools and LWPT.org and, and watch that on their own before they start with me because it's videos of me teaching live classes and they really, I talk so much about why people are going apart and all of the morass that was done in the past. It's so easy to hold on to it in the now. And so I literally come up with my three magical circles. The first one is, why did you go apart? What was the behavior? It was cheating, lying, fighting, arguing, money issues, mother-in-law, whatever they give me, we fill the circle. Every single speck of that circle is full. And then I ask them, okay, this is all in the past. What's going to happen if you hold on to that? Huh. It's going to be in the now. And if you continue to hold on to that, where is it going? It's going into your future. This is your co-parenting relationship. It's not going to change. It's going to continue to be this morass. And then I ask them, where did all this behavior come from? And every time we get it, it comes from where? Childhood. Childhood. Yes. And then I show them the default future of their child if your children continue to watch mom and dad cheat lie bully blame use the court system make each other wrong all of that stuff if it continues to be in your child's face it's going to be in your child's future and so there isn't a child on the planet that can grow up with blaming not forgiving not owning not being responsible not responding to situations using fear think about how parents use the court system to scare each other yes and all those scary I I can letters think about that they've I mean, got a hundred of them that they've got ready to go I just... hate those letters
1: that we get back and forth from other lawyers that are like your yes. client is doing this thing that is absolutely terrible and advise your client accordingly and it's the simplest things that for me I'm reading a letter that's written at three three fifty four hundred dollars an hour from this other lawyer telling me that my client is I don't know taking the mail out of the mailbox and not putting it in the right place and I'm just like did you really just spend that money emailing writing me this letter because this is so basic that's so basic
0: and that's what parents don't realize is that those 3 $400 letters, they're going to add up so fast. There's your retainer fee. Boom, mm-hmm. it's gone. Yeah. Now we need more money. And you look at those letters. I hate to say it as an attorney. You've got a lot. Most attorneys have a file of letters. You change the name. <laughs> <laughs> You, you put in the, the new circumstances, but they've been drafted and they've been used over and but over again. But they're bullying tactics.
1: But they're, and they're bullying tactics.
0: To stir things up. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always tell people they look at my program and they think, oh, $250, that's a lot of money. I charge that for the parents. I, each of them pay it. It's, four, it's a month of me being with them in all their conversations, really getting their kids' world bringing that to the table and I'm on every email. I'm on every text and all I am is another set of eyes. And I like to say I'm shining some light in the dark and they can stay in the dark if they want to, but I learned this as a mom that when Casey was in the dark, I swear I joined him. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I, nice. I think we both went dark there for a while. But what I've learned is that what if instead of joining someone in the the morass, right, that first circle, what if I could shine some light? And what if I could look at this as a different perspective and actually see that the person I'm divorcing, the person that's been misbehaving is not a bad person, but they are learning like a toddler, how to live life and they're doing things to fulfill needs that they don't know how to meet other than doing what they're doing and why can't we just lower the bar a little bit and realize that the divorce is a solution you get to draw the line in the sand of what you're going to put up with and what you're not but now that you're going apart why keep bringing up the story why keep going back to the past right what's the purpose Mm -hmm. all you're teaching your child when you go to the past is blame that's true not taking responsibility Mm -hmm. you're not teaching them responsible love now when I talk about love I want to tell moms and dads that come on mom come on dad you guys made love okay at one point I want to feel like my parents brought me into the world when there was some love and some of these kids don't ever get to have that and shame on you, parents, because I, I my other program, I really want to do a dating program. because Oh, do tell me more. Why? Because so many people are not marrying people for responsible love. They're doing the imitation love. It's if you have sex first before you establish a relationship, so many of us are having sex. And then that's you're building a relationship on top of that rather than the opposite. You really... Right. I, other be,
1: similarities, the wrong give similarities. Yourself a
0: month to really dive in in six months, don't bring them around the children. I always tell people, see how they handle their alcohol, how they handle their temper, how they handle their problem solving. What are their? Do a background check. <laughs> it's very easy to see that how did they treat their ex-wife Yes. because a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm a better person because yes, I'm your special. ex-wife was evil. Yeah. I always tell people you're next in line mm-hmm. because typically people's behavior doesn't change, especially if they're blaming the other person. But when you can start to look at yourself, wow, Gosh, we had a sexless marriage, whatever, maybe I need to reinvent myself Mm -hmm. and become more sexual, become more liberated in some ways by feeling more connected to yourself and what is it that's going on that I'm pushing people away? How can I create more intimacy and, and closeness? I, I could talk forever. On I know. You, you know what, you though?
1: Know. I'm digging your idea about the dating thing, though, because recently it happened where... We live in a smaller area. When people say this is a small town, I giggle because the town that I'm from had 350 people in it. So for 40,000 people to be small, to me, that's comical. But it's small enough now that my clients, while they're getting divorced, are dating other people's significant others and creating conflicts for me where I'm having to get off cases. And I'm going to have to start putting on my intake sheets. If you start engaging in another relationship, please let me know who this person is so I can do a conflicts check. I never thought I was going to have to do that.
0: Ever. Yeah. It's crazy. I call, I call Stuart Mayberry. We're, we yeah. are a very close little knit community. It's it is still an opportunity and that's what I want people to really take on is that think about how responsible you're being with your circumstances. If you got a child that's hurting, he doesn't want to go to the other parent, whatever, it's like How are you contributing to the problem? How are you contributing to the problem or the solution? Hmm. You you hear parents say, "Oh, I've never said anything bad about the other parent," but I've been on the phone with parents, and I'm sure you have too. And all of a sudden, you hear the kid in the background, and they've just been on the phone with you for half hour talking about dad's sexual deviancy or mom's yes, affair or yes. this or that and you hear mom can I go out to play it's whoa these kids I had a four-year-old that knew that mom was angry texting dad in the car the four-year-old's in the back seat kids the poor mom was texting angry texting while driving the car oh no and the four-year-old knew this and it's kind of parents just really need to wake up and see wow what am i modeling for my kids do i want my child to grow up and marry someone and have them treat me treated this way and then divorce them and blame them and never speak to them again because everything you're doing you're gonna see repeated again Mm I have a beautiful daughter, Kelly. She's already broken up with two boyfriends, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, is the apple not fall far from the tree? <laughs> I'm going to stop falling in love with my daughter's boyfriends because they're not around too long, you
1: know? <laughs> I think that's a mom problem. Yeah. So
0: you got to really start looking at the big picture, and I think parents need to just take a step back Before the, and unfortunately, you know how the game is played. They'll pick up the phone and call their attorney and Mm -hmm. game is on. It's like, I'm loving that the attorneys like you and a few other in the community. I just got a call from someone. They're actually, another attorney said, I got two parents. They're acting like kids. They're not being adults. They're being really juvenile delinquents and they're fighting back and forth. And he was calling his client out just as much as the other client because these they, they're just annoying to even deal with mm-hmm. and so i said bring them to my co-parenting class so he's going to be asking the judge to court order this program yeah yeah most parents aren't going to sign up for these programs on their own but why not
1: is it because they don't know about it i hope with this podcast that well, they know about they it.
0: it because they don't it's if they They have a belief system that there's nothing wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I think sometimes people don't want to take parenting classes because we think we're doing something wrong. And it's not that at all. It's an education. Why not put more tools in your toolbox? And knowledge is power. I always ask the question in every class I ever taught, in the first five minutes, I ask them, how did you feel when you were told you had to take a parenting class? Huh. That's a good question. And they always tell me, the same answers. It's a waste of time. I don't need this. The other parent needs it. This is an inconvenience. I could be with my kids right now. Who are you like us, how to raise our kids. And every time they share, I just say, thank you. And I'm actually modeling for them because I'm not having any charge to what they say. And I want them to feel understood. And then I say what if in the next four hours. I can give you something to make your life less stressful and if you have less stress who else is going to have less stress your kids
1: now that's your one-on-one co-parenting course don't you have a different course that you do that's more
0: intensive co-parenting 202 is getting on the call with me getting on the call with the other parent you're both on the call at the same time i like it when i have about six couples six uh, moms and dads on the call together because it's amazing what happens when you're listening to other people fight and, and you're getting you can see the damage so much better when other parents are doing it you mean
1: and, having all the couples together in the same setting yeah. yes it's AA
0: <laughs> it is but it's interesting because it's and then i have them buddy up And so they have somebody that can give them unconditional love throughout my four, this one month, you know, and some people need more like eight, some need three months, but we start out with four weeks. And seriously, I've turned a lot of people around in four weeks and then they'll come back for a little refreshers. Instead of going back to court, they call me up, we get on a call, we problem solve it, boom, we got solutions, we're focused on I don't listen to too much story. So people that know me, I don't have much patience for the blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about the facts. Let's talk about what we want to have happen and let's put our energy on that. I think more marriage counselors would be successful if they didn't give the clients so much time to go back and forth with the what's wrong. After a while, people just get tired. They don't want to work on the problem. I've always been a very solution forward, moving kind of person. Let's talk about more sex. Let's talk about better communication. Let's talk about what you want and need. And how, and I literally play a numbers game with couples that I work with. It's okay. How great is the sex this week? And how could it be better? Mm -hmm. How great is the communication this week? What did you do this weekend with each other? What do you appreciate about each other? imagine if all we did is appreciate each other and co-parents really come on you got to appreciate each other when that babysitters are what 15 20 bucks an hour you've got someone else watching your kid for a weekend or a week you should be using that time to have fun Yes. some of us that never got divorced we got the kids all the time we didn't get any breaks
1: I know. There are yeah. some pluses to divorce every now and again.
0: Yes, You know, there get are free some time. pluses. And so many parents that are hyper-vigilant about their children, they spend the whole time worrying about their kids, and I always tell them it's that's not healthy. So no. Maybe I'll end with the, the last thing I want to share, which is when things don't work in your life, it, it, it might seem like it's the world that's not working. Even during these stressful times with the politics, I've already prepared myself, whether one president wins or the other president wins, I've prepared myself for how I can stand and be supportive. Like I am not gonna be derailed by the outcome. whoever gets elected. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because I have the right state of mind. Tony Robbins is all about the state. Yes. And and he believed I did the whole running on coals things with him. And I remember I got so fired up about the state that if you have the right state of mind, your world, it, it can be incredible. And so I had a fear of flying and, one thing I did right after I got home is I booked myself in a, I jumped out of an airplane and there was one second when I was on that plane, all bundled up, I was doing tandem, but there was one second where my heart just jumped. And then I just kind of said, no, I am not going to feel this way. I'm going to jump for joy. Mm. And I think we all need to start really living for joy. And so one of the things I would say to anybody that's really struggling is, when is the last time you did something nice for yourself? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't even count getting your nails done or your hair done, because for me, it's just maintenance. That's you know? how I
1: feel about it. I, I see it so completely inconvenient and overly expensive.
0: Yes, and I have a hard time sitting still that long. But Me too. What I really love is horses, and I want to get out there and be around some horses and Get out there in this beautiful weather and be outside. And we live by the most beautiful beaches in the world. We do. When was the last time you just walked on on the beach? Mm-hmm. And those are simple things that you really don't have to have a lot of money. You just have to get out of your whatever your rut and go out and experience something like that. And then as you're looking at that big beautiful ocean and this beach, it doesn't matter who's the president. It's like How are you contributing to your own happiness every day? How are you contributing to resolving problems? Because let's face it, when we solve a problem, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it's probably the only reason why why I do what I do. When the way you show up, your relationships become stronger. Mm -hmm. And so how do you show up going forward in co-parenting? If you continue to try to put on a relationship, it's like putting, I call it, if you put sugar in mud, it's not going to make it taste better. (sighs) But if you just let go and start fresh from nothing, you can create anything. And so it's okay. The reason we're going apart is because some boundaries were crossed. And even if you're the one that wants the relationship. And you're the one that they're leaving. If you really analyze that, there's no way you'd want to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't love you, that doesn't value you, that doesn't Mm -hmm. make you feel powerful and doesn't make you feel connected to want. That is something you really need to work on because that's a child. If you didn't get your needs met as a child growing up, a lot of us The way we got our needs met is what we think love is. And so if you grew up with a very autocratic parent, you could have married that guy, but no, you married that guy. And that guy probably has positive and negative traits from your childhood. Because what I always tell people is your partner finishes off where your parents left off. And so that's where we get a lot of the triggers. I've heard that, and as a foster
1: child, that's terrifying, just so everyone is clear.
0: <laughs> that's why you do so much work on yourself. You really yeah, have to yeah. find your joy. Get Make sure that your mental state is working, that you take right. care of your mind, your body, your soul, mm-hmm. and that you put your best self forward.
1: I like that when you said jumping for joy, and when I think of you, I'm always going to think of you overcoming that fear and jumping out of an airplane in your attempt to jump for your own joy I think that's a perfect way to end this
0: so I'll even send you a picture of me jumping for joy and good see my face because it is so happy
1: and I end my I'm family. gonna use that as the piece when we put this podcast <laughs> up your face jumping for joy I want that because I, I would rather have a parent be able to jump for joy with their children through a divorce process than live in misery and in the past. Mm -hmm. So, you know,
0: just asking you a question, as an attorney, I often think, okay, maybe they don't want to use me because they want the parents to fight. There
1: are those.
0: But what I always tell parents is, It's not really true, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think attorneys can make more money if they just move through their clients, get them divorced, and move on to the next. Well,
1: that's how I feel about it, but there's different breeds of attorneys, and there's different ways of going through about the divorce process. I focus on the parent and their role in the family with their husband and how to maintain the safety and security of the unit even though the dissolution is taking place like i'm more about that style there's other attorneys that they're more about papering the other side to death and writing those 16 letters at four hundred dollars an hour and focusing on the paperwork part of it which yeah that's all important when you get to the end and you're working the numbers but that doesn't help people get through the process by paperworking them to death. We need to help them get through the process of and being able to say, and this is why I do my podcasts. I want to be able to say, I know exactly who you need to talk to. I know this person that can help fill this need for you. I know exactly what you need, and I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your expertise and giving some direction to parents out there. I've learned from you more about myself in this one <laughs> podcast with my daughter than I even knew that it was really possible for me to learn that much. It's
0: funny because one of my testimonies was it from a father who said, Soup? Before I watched your four hour course, he goes, I was really thinking about doing some bad things to my ex wife, mm-hmm. like serious bad things. And I was like, whoa. And he goes, yeah. But after I watched your course, you made me feel like I'm still the dad. Like, I, I'm, it's still my family. And, and you know what? They're my kids. And I got a job to do. And I've got to continue to be the father. And I got to continue to be the, the role model. And I'm not even angry anymore. Yeah. He was so lit up. It was like, wow. As parents like that, I call the courageous, brave, and strong because they really are changing the way divorce lands on children's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, it really isn't the divorce. It's how you go about it. I agree. And uh, teach your children as you go through the dating process. Teach them. It's, we're all learning. And I mean, we wouldn't crucify someone because they didn't know their algebra we would just say you've got to <laughs> learn the, the formula and i think parenting is the same way we really got to put parent education on the map so thank you susan for inviting me on your show you're welcome i would like to invite you i think as we're sitting here i'm thinking wow i would like to ask you a lot of questions as an attorney oh uh, i would love it learn? because what if we could Create another show for parents where they're really more aware of the games that are going on in court oh
1: man boy So could... that they
0: don't get sucked in and they can really pick and choose their attorneys wisely because I think sometimes parents when they choose attorneys they want to go for the one that's gonna I had a couple that he had a lot of money a, a huge company and he picked one of those attorneys in town and They both came to my, this is back before the virus. So I was teaching live classes and she was in my class and he was in my class. And at the end, she asked if I, she could stay and just have a private session with me. So at the end of class, we stayed and we worked through some of her issues. And she went home to her husband who they were headed for a battle. In fact, the attorney said to the dad. I'm going to put my foot on her neck. And when she went back to him, she just said, I really want to give this another try. Whatever she said to her husband, who she was going to divorce, he called me and said, here's $4,000. I want you to work with everybody in my family. Wow. Um, my kids. I've got five kids. So to make a long story short, I worked with the whole family, and they moved to Colorado, and I've got a plaque on my wall that's, you know, them saying that they no longer need the the, uh, services of an attorney. It's exciting to be in this work. It's it's a privilege. I love, uh, helping people. Yeah. And, uh, again, thank you. You're thanks welcome. For, and I've uh, taken so you up on that.
1: I think that's a great idea because I could tell you from my perspective, a lot of the ways that people are purposely sabotaging their future during their divorce. And I think yeah. that could be the topic of our next one. So. And
0: in the stages of loss and grief, think about it. Yes. When people are angry, what do they do? They call the attorney and they don't get those, nice attorneys they get they want the mean attorney yeah because yeah. they're
1: angry mm-hmm. but what they
0: don't realize is in doing that they're going to spend three times the amount of money that well, they could have
1: they're going to spend their future they're going to spend yeah. their future and their child's education fighting and being ugly during the process instead but with that note here's for Jeff and for joy right <laughs> loving responsibly and unconditionally you're Thank welcome you. all right Thanks for listening to this episode of From Foster Care to Family Law, a Child Welfare Focus. I hope that this interview provided some valuable insight to help you deal with your unique circumstances. If you found this episode useful, please share this with friends and family that could benefit from this information. If you have a family law need or related matter, please contact me directly and I will be happy to help you.